You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate! Demons bliss now! After Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Financial bosses, God put those here to test our faith. A damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Share podcast. For the last year or so, my wife and I have been on kind of a journey to start taking things into our own hands. And it kind of starts and ends with food because it is everything, basically. It's all of our nutrition. It's 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 our medicines. It's it's hard work. It's it's so many things that we've come to love. And it's a challenge. And the man I have on tonight is going to tell us all about a whole bunch of better ways to do things than we're probably doing them now. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim Gale. Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Andy. And thank you so much for having me on your show to chat with your audience and inspire people to do what's the most logical and selfish thing we could each do for ourselves as individuals, our families, our communities, and our world. And that is transforming our lawns into regenerative edible landscapes that are poison free. When you go stand in a food forest, you feel uplifted. All of the the little words you said, like it's hard work and it's these different things. Those are all belief systems and they're all programmed by the slave masters that are controlling our world today. The truth is, and I'm going to frame the whole show with this quote, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. 
Now think about that, unpack that. All the armies of the world are what we have to be concerned about right now because the governmente, govern means to manage or control and mente means mind is putting these armies to work against the people. And so the idea whose time has come is literally the Garden of Eden everywhere, is food for us everywhere. This is how we gain our freedom on every level. Absolutely, Jim. This is this is what I'm all about, man. So like my wife has has come from the, you know, the more hippie side of it and she wants to grow her own food and take care of the environment. And while I love that, I have been so focused on all the problems and the negativity and the evil crap that goes on for decades, basically, off and on. And I try not to be, but it eats at you. So before we get into that, let's let's let my audience get to know you. For those who don't know you yet, uh, let's get a little bit of background on how you got into this work. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'll start 14 years ago when I was at this uh, table in um, San, uh, San Isidro in Costa Rica, Southern Costa Rica. And there is a very eclectic group. There was an artist, there was a former CIA agent, there was a former New York cop. My dad was a pipe fitter. There was a teacher and then a homeless guy. And anyway, we're all sitting around this table having a beer or a tea and talking about whatever we were talking about. And it was so amazing um, to the different stories and belief systems that were at this table. And that's what we all loved about it, right? Diversity is what makes culture so wonderful is to experience diversity, right? What do the slave masters want? They don't want diversity. So when one of the guys who was sitting across the table said, Jim, 9-11 was an inside job. Now I'd heard that, I don't know how many times before, but it, I never heard it, right? I heard somebody go blah, 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 but the words never really filtered into my mind because that's just like any of these other things that I'm now starting to question that maybe they are true. Anyway, I said, you're full of shit, Steve. And I was laughing. I was smirking. And now we both experienced this smirk quite a few times. In fact, I just had it yesterday when I told somebody that this is all a pandemic and it's a very well-orchestrated agenda that's being carried out on the world. And the, you can see the smirk. Like, you're fucking crazy. So anyway, I, I was open-minded enough to listen to his advice. He said, Jim, go watch Zeitgeist. And that oh, was the wow. first show. That cool, was my man. first, right? <laughs> that was my red pill moment. I watched that show and immediately the world made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I had just sold the mortgage company, did about a billion three in total volume. And I, I was just, I had time. I became obsessed with going down every rabbit hole and I would literally do it for years eight to 12 hours a day. I couldn't talk about anything else because it was so mind blowing that I had to see who else kind of got this. Maybe one out of 50, maybe one out of a hundred people back then didn't think I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I hear you, man. It's been a, a big growth since then, Yeah, <laughs> but Zeitgeist was also uh, one of one of many catalysts back then yeah. for me as well, man. Yeah. And uh, even since then, you look at that movie and you want, you got to wonder with like the sequel. Did you watch Addendum? I did. Yeah. 
that focus on technology near the end. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it all these years later, but you got to wonder, was it like a little bit of controlled opposition in there? Cause it's like, hey. don't worry. We'll automate everything. <sighs> you know, you look back. Uh, oh, it's because like, of Jacques Fresco. Right. Right. Yeah, but yes. I liked that guy at the time, you know? <laughs> no, but now I'm like, I don't like this idea of every, because here's the, here's the, I like boiling things down to the lowest common denominator. Right. And it's so fucking simple. One side advocates for force and violence. <laughs> yeah. Our side advocates for voluntary exchange of value. Right? If anybody advocates for force and violence because of any fear mandates of any kind, then guess what, people? You're on the wrong side of history. You are literally working for Darth Vader, the dark side. You're part of the problem, right? Grow your vibration out of that fear and start advocating voluntarism and peaceful exchange of value. That's how we inspire the shift in, in, in the world. Hell yeah, man. Did, do you think it's just a lack of real knowledge of what this movement's really about? And they just do the eye roll and the smirk, like, sure, oh God, my friend's gone crazy. But like, they just haven't been educated on, say, permaculture, food forests. Like these seems to, these, these two things seem to be ultimate catalysts for for this kind of change well so what is the number one control mechanism is fear mm -hmm. so it's a vibrational reality that we're in in fact I, i'm one breath away from feeling conscious or what some people call enlightened right that mm -hmm. means i don't i can't move shit on the other side of the room or nothing like that but just okay i can hear things i can hear the dishwasher I can feel my hands. I can feel my toes. I can sense things now that I could not sense previously. So what do the programmers want to do? They want to program our minds through the tell of vision and his story, which is all meant to, it, it's all a lie, my friends. Every freaking thing we see on the mass media is for one ultimate goal. And that's to program the mind of the slave. Absolutely. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more, man. So how did you get out of this rabbit hole of, cause it is negative. It really is no matter whether it's informative and we need to get through it, you do end up getting through it and there is another side. So how did you get to that point? So you mentioned it is negative. So I spent four, uh, 14 years. I was obsessed for the like 13 years. And for the last year I've made a conscious switch. And that is, I am now joyfully obsessed because it's a vibrational shift that made all the difference. I am faithfully obsessed. And I'm not talking about a religious face. Religions are a simple, are, are just an arm of the mind control of the government, right? Yeah. One controls the keys to your physical world. The other one controls the keys to heaven. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Nobody is between <laughs> me and my source, me and what I call God. Right. Everybody has a different idea of what that is. Great. That's how it should be. Right. So it when I let go of the pain and the effort and the struggle. And by the way, I mean, what a story. I went from zero to about $20 million back down to negative $80,000. That was that was like seven and a half months ago. And now millions are coming in again. It's just a magical transition. And it started with one thing. I was walking down the road. I was listening to uh, Alan Watts. 
And I was saying, wait a minute, we're more than this physical body. I am going to trust and I'm just going to literally have faith that something magical is occurring. And from that day forward, the magic is off the charts. There's no amount of logic that could explain what's been happening to, to me and to this movement in the last eight months. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, are you seeing a lot of synchronicities pile on top of one another, man? <laughs> mind blowing. Well, actually, literally mind blowing. There, there's no possible way this could happen without it being divine. And mm. I'll explain some of these things. So sure. um, my, I, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I've had my favorite shows, right? One of my favorite shows for 10 years of my life was The Crocodile Hunter. And about a month after the show went on the high wire with Dale Bigtree called creating abundance in your backyard, then I get a call from the producer of the crocodile hunter. And he said, Jim, we just saw your show. We'd like to talk to you about doing a show. And okay, right there, it happens to be my favorite TV show and the producer calls. So out of all the producers in the world, that's pretty coincidental, right? Now let's expand that to infinity. My second, another one of my favorite shows about 10 years after the crocodile hunter was entourage. You ever seen entourage? Oh yeah. My, my parents used to watch it too. Yeah. (laughs) So Adrian calls me up, said, Jim, I'd like, I'd like to talk to you about doing a food forest. We put the two together and we have now done the pilot of a TV show called the land of plenty. Um, We had it from launch to six months later, we were actually done with the pilot of this TV show that is going to inspire millions to grow food and it's going to market now and there'll be a 10 series episode um, coming from that once uh, one of these big box houses or somebody buys it and it's going to be bought. It's fantastic. Yeah, That's awesome. I love that this movement is like, it's not necessarily that it's going mainstream. It's hijacking the mainstream back away from the parasites. I like that. <laughs> yes. yes. That's awesome. So let's learn a little bit about your company and, and what you guys provide people. We design and install freedom, which in the form of food forestry. Now, I wrote a document called the top 10 reasons to grow food from my perspective, right? And this is where we, we break through the three BSs, the belief systems, the bad science, and the bullshit about growing food. And it's, it's really important in permaculture. We like turning the problem into the solution. The problem starts with fear and mind control, right? What's the opposite of governmente or mind control? It's a free mind. Yeah. It's, it's enlightenment. It's consciousness. It's making a, a decision, a choice based on relevant information that's going to be beneficial to us. So this idea that growing food is hard is the biggest scam. And the lawn, the 50 million acres of American lawn is the most detrimental system we have in our, in our world. Um, if we turn, ha- when we turn half of that 50 million acres, because I don't hate lawns. I just, the imbalance is what we have to change or we all die. Because yeah, my all, wife was telling me yeah. it's about like how it's just all one type of, of plant. So it's just, it's not very cohesive for an environment, you know, the cycles yeah. of life and all that. Yeah. Okay. It's monochromatic. It, it's right. basically the least of functional plant that we could ever have. And then we even make it less functional by finding these grasses that only work with poisons. And <laughs> you see how this is such a control grid. When we turn 30, 40% of the American lawn into regenerative edible landscapes that have no poisons, we reverse mass extinction. 
and deforestation and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and all of the forms of tyranny. And here's the kicker. It's less maintenance than a lawn. Oh, hell yeah. Right. I mean, the, from what you've shown so far, from what I've seen. So let me, let me back up a little bit. Let me phrase, let me frame this. So I've been talking a lot lately about how we have a lot of great solutions out there in every walk of life, every different topic that you could have a problem for. There's some ancient or, you know, an ancient revived way of doing things that is like appropriate. It feels right. Yeah. And we're introducing all these solutions to a very broken, fucked up world and fucked up population, right? So it's like you have one good solution for this over here. Well, the rest of the system is going to come by and say why that doesn't fit because we already have it taken care of, right? And everything is dependent on the other thing which is a mimicry of what nature is, right? Cause it's the same model. They're using the same model, yeah. but it's, it's antithetical to our entire existence. It seems, yeah. you know what they, I mean? They, they want to patent it. They want to change it so they can patent it and control it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like cannabis, they want to take the most beneficial plant in history that was used for, well, that's why Rockefeller and them, they took it out back. And, and here's the amazing part is they used the church. They called it devil's lettuce. They used <laughs> Hollywood. They called it reefer madness. And they used the government. just say no to the most beneficial plant in the history of the world. And I, that might not completely be true, but I think it's definitely up there. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, man. There's so many different benefits to it, you know, and in all different forms. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this mimicry happens from, from the natural way and everything. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I even going to say there? Well, Go ahead. You think Go about ahead. it. And I'll ahead. jump in. Yeah. The, the, another thing to be aware of right now is the, is the, the artificial versus natural, right? We, we just happen to have a wicked psychopathic computer programmer who's been convicted of antitrust and who's, I mean, I'm currently on trial for all sorts of different shit right now, all over the world. Yeah. Um, and we got this guy who was the richest guy in the world. He's a computer programmer and he's now, he, he has a patent um, in 2018, it's 2020-666. <laughs> and that's Great. his bad to combine human energy and blockchain and cryptos. And then you combine that with the trace bill, tracing, reaching, and contacting everyone, which was last, uh, I think it was April, which is just happens to be 6666. Uh, what the hell's going on? I mean, this is just mind blowing. Anyway, it's all based on artificial stuff. He wants fake meats. He wants fake everything. He wants fake DNA. And then the opposite of that is, is source, is God systems, natural systems. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically what I was going to say was, Um, you know, I have it written down. What the hell? I keep forgetting what I'm going to say. Okay. So yeah. So basically we have all these solutions, right? But we're trying to fit them into this still broken world that feels dependent on this fake artificial system. But meanwhile, it seems to me, and I hope you can, I'm sure you can elaborate on this, how the food forest convenience is actually the key because it's, it's a solution that can still exist in this messed up world and it can fit into that human schedule that says, well, I can't take all this time to plant a garden. I can't take care of all this food all the time. It's kind of like the, the loophole, is it not? 
It's okay. So if we only use the same resources that we're using now to manage our ornamental landscapes and use those resources to manage edible landscapes, we would change the world radically. Mm-hmm. That's how easy it is. And it, 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 we would take out the poisons. We would take out the poison producers, not by fighting in war, by simply turning our energy towards life. They promote death. You look at a square meter or a square yard of lawn or do a cubic, right? So start with six inches underground and go up three feet. And now you're looking at, let's say there's uh, one organism per certain amount of square inches. You, You take that same cubic meter of jungle, of food forest, and now you've got a hundred, maybe a thousand times more life in the same amount of space. What they're promoting is death. What we're promoting is the natural system. It's life. And these aren't new ideas, by the way. Like this is the most ancient idea in the world. Absolutely, man. It's like every direction you can look in. It's just that we're rediscovering what we used to do before we've been taken away, like lured away by carnival barkers, it seems, or something (laughs) like that, you know? It's weird. So, um, So let's get into... Like, what exactly does one do to start their own food forest? I know that you have a lot of resources yeah. on your incredible website and you can become a member of the of the cooperative or, or what do yeah. you, is it a cooperative? Yes, it's, uh, it, I think it's the fastest going, growing cooperative ever, um, wow. considering that we started on Earth Day and we now have co-ops in all over the world, 15 countries. We have co-ops in about 40 states. We are helping people grow on food in Poland and New Zealand and Australia and Germany and Thailand and Africa and all over the place, right? So the cooperative is our business model that scales. Now, it's very similar to the business I started before, which was in the mortgage industry back when I was 30. And the processors were the people that I was like so respectful because they were like the smart people, right? I'm That's not my focus. My focus is not the details. My mind just doesn't work at that level of detail. Like the people like Matt Powers, who knows the microbiome uh, and he knows the different organisms that are in the soil. I think that is so freaking cool, but my mind can't focus there. I I cherish my ADD. My mind focuses (laughs) at how do we link it all together and how do we inspire a catalyst in consciousness or become a catalyst to inspire a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of the most logical thing we could do. And that's what benefits us most. And that's to grow food instead of lawns. Yeah, man, that sounds so awesome. So how long does it take to develop a, a, you know, a quarter of an acre into a food forest? Is it like, you know, is it a, is it a ton of overhead cost? And I mean, how, how cheap or does it, I guess it depends on the person, right? I, Completely. I you could do this on 20 bucks. You could go to the store <laughs> and you could go buy your favorite uh, fruits and veggies, right? Or in the organic section, non-GMO, right? A lot of these things don't have seeds anymore because the seeds have been bred out of them, but buy stuff that's, you know, right from some local farmer's market with seeds in it, ripe. So it's, they're ready. And then start going on YouTube and say, okay, how do I propagate the apple, the peach, the banana, the mango, whatever it is, right? Um, You can't propagate a banana that way, but the other things you can do pretty easily, tomatoes Mm. and cucumbers and squash and pumpkins, and then learn. It'll take you five minutes. Then stick them in some soil, 
right? And then you'll learn a little bit about soil, right? If you, over time, you can learn how to compost soil and how beneficial that is and so on. But you just put them in a pot and you start letting them be your teacher. You love them. You're like, oh my gosh. And you, when all of a sudden you see something come to life, that's going to produce food for you. If it's, you know, there's an olive tree on the Greek Isle of Crete that was planted over 2000 years ago. That's still producing olives to this day. Yeah, that's nuts, man. <laughs> like what? Like that's what nature can do. If, if yeah, if nourished and taken care yeah. of and yeah. Yeah. So that's one way is if you are on a budget or you're just that kind of person, you want DIY, you could do that. If you mm. want to speed up time, then get a food forest design. Mm. Um, you can learn this process. There's a class. It's a PDC class, permaculture design certificate. It takes 72 hours. And then you can start practicing or you can hire a permaculturist to do a design for you. And that's what our company does. Everything starts with the design process. And that's a custom blueprint. That's about a 45 page document with a custom landscape design for your home, your property. And that speeds up time significantly. And then the cooperatives are the landscapers basically that come into your property and that actually install the food forest. Yeah, I saw that. You can kind of take up different roles as a member yeah. of the co-op. It's That's yeah. great, dude. I love that. So um, I'm up in New England yeah. and I believe, I'm not even sure if I'm in zone five, but I know I'm, I'm planning to move to zone five because I'm looking at New Hampshire yeah. and for the long term. And we really want to do all these things. And it seems like your method, uh, the the information that you have, shows that like there really aren't the type of limitations climate wise that we've kind of been programmed to assume there are. Am I right? Yeah, you're right in one sense that like, I'll give you an example. My buddy, Chad Johnson, he's one of the most respected designers that I know in the world. Uh, there's a lot of great ones and he's one of them. And um, he has in his property in Northern Minnesota, about 300 different species of edible and medicinal plants. He has raspberries, right? Raspberry bushes that go around like a half moon shape around certain areas of his garden. So it protects the garden against the deer and the moose and the whatever else is up there, the bear. And these, these things, you can't even see through them. You can't even see over them. And they're so loaded with raspberries. It's just ridiculous, mm. right? Because he built, he started five years ago building soil and building the structure to capture water and to capture the energy and then turn that energy into a yield. So that's Northern Minnesota. The difference between Northern Minnesota and Florida for 99% of the plants is just the type of plant it is. So mm. there are plants in every zone that you can grow to eat. You just, that's the main thing is what ag zone are you in and what plants do well in that zone? Okay. All right. I hear you. Cause we've also been looking into maybe we could incorporate uh, geothermal uh, greenhouse technology. We've been looking into that stuff. Awesome. Now, now there's, there's really no point in doing a food forest inside one of those things though, is there? Because that's a little bit more human controlled. So there are people in Iowa growing citrus trees and half underground greenhouses with gas systems, these geothermal underground air flow systems that are fun. I love them. Like, that's awesome. Like if somebody wants to do that, they have the resources and the time they want to grow a jungle food forest mm. in, in Minnesota or in New England or New Hampshire. I think that's awesome. It's not 
necessarily the best ROI, right? The best ROI is going to be using that same energy to put it into the soil and build soil and then work with the native plants, which are mm-hmm. in abundance. And that's one of the things our designers help teach is what's actually possible in every zone. Oh, that's cool. So you get quite a bit of like permaculture education by going through the design process itself too. Yeah, for sure. Because It seems like, it seems a little intimidating when you look at what permaculture entails. It's like, you've got to, you know, know which way the wind's blowing and and everything and which way water's flowing. Like when you said, hold the water, you were talking about like literally constructing your landscape in order to know where the rainfall is going. Correct. Exactly. And you said something that is such a common thought that it, so, and this is where permaculture has massively missed the mark, right? They mm. sinned, which the original word for sin was to miss the mark or mm-hmm. to error. Right. It, it became this other thing, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, is a lot of the permaculturalists, and again, these are my teachers. I respect them dearly, but they talk at a level that scares the shit out of the back, the suburban homeowner. Like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. That sounds too complicated. Bullshit. You can go to Home Depot or Lowe's right now. You could buy five different fruit trees and three different berry bushes. You could stick them in your yard. And most of the time, you're going to have success and you're going to grow some food. When you add layers of benefits, when you add the nitrogen fixers and the plants that actually chop and they drop beneficial leaves, and when you add layers of soil and when you build soil, and that's all part, it's it's all really simple. When you put it together, it sounds complicated, but really when you get it laid out and in, in, in its layers, then it's gonna massively increase your yield. So my point is, is anybody can grow food um, with just a, a few little tweaks of their, of their thinking. Yeah. Okay. I got you now. So it, it does seem like it's, um, it's really the best way forward if you understand what it really is and yeah. it's an integral system across every layer. So yeah. it kind of comes naturally to understand it once you get used to it. Anyway, exactly. you just start yeah. to see relationships between everything. I love that. Really? Yeah. Yes. You observe and interact. You see the relationships and you say, Oh, wait, why? You know, like I'll give everybody a few really big ones. One is you don't want the ground exposed to the sun and the wind and the rain. You want to have mulch. You want to have at least three or four inches of wood chips or mulch on top of the soil. And then if you can add compost and worm castings, things, you know, add some worms in there and feed them every once in a while, like take your leftover veggies and fruits and go throw them in the middle of your food forest. The worms are going to come up and eat them. You're going to have a happy food forest right there. Mm, That's awesome. (laughs) So, okay. So the Northern zones, they can be worked with. And then I can maybe do it like a geothermal greenhouse eventually. That might be cool. So what about like annuals and like row crops? Can those be incorporated into food forests or would they kind of be separate on your property or something? You could do anything that you want as long as it mimics a natural system. So I have annuals going all through the beds uh, along with the perennials. Now, perennials are my favorite because I don't want to be a farmer. Most people don't. I don't want to be there like where all of a sudden it becomes a job where I'm working three, four hours a day. When I go in my food forest, it's because I want to harvest stuff. I want to spend, you know, in in what I've learned, especially in the last couple of years, I just want to stand in my food forest. Mm -hmm. I don't, 
it's just it feel you feel it the butterflies the birds the energy you feel a different layer of vibration there mm -hmm. and so anybody who has a food forest say how much do you work in your food forest they say not at all i spend <laughs> a half an hour a day in my food forest just because i want to be here right yeah and i saw you on the high wire and and you you know you guys put that nice picnic table where the food forest was going yeah, that's what my wife and I were doing too. We we have our garden out back right now. We have we were planning on having a nice table and chairs out there for summertime and everything. It's just not done yet, but this is like our prototype. It's this awesome. small four beds and I we're just it. experimenting with a bunch of different veggies, but like potatoes, I guess I'm really Irish because it's all we want. We want a million potatoes, you know? So uh, <laughs> I'm sure they get along with many plants in a food forest, right? Oh, potatoes <laughs> are so smart right now, Andy. That is one of the best preparedness crops is to have sweet, have potatoes because they store well. You keep them cool and dark all winter and you can eat mm -hmm. them all winter long. A lot of people's lives were saved because they planted a lot of potatoes. Yeah, we just planted sweet potatoes too. So that, yeah, that should be very good. Yeah, sweet potatoes <laughs> is number one. It's more nutrient dense. You can eat the leaves, the stems, the, the, the tuber. They're phenomenal. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, all right. This modern society we have, how do we get this across to people that are maybe interested in this stuff, but they're not entirely, you know, with both foot, both feet in the door yet? Like, it's not just that modern society is different from what you're proposing it seems to be completely 180 degrees the opposite yeah. and it seems very intentional but i don't know how intentional i'm <laughs> curious what your thoughts on that yeah are. i love this one because so henry kissinger back 50 60 years ago said if you want to control nations control oil if you want to control people control food this is not the ramblings of a psychopath this is the strategy of a psychopath, of a slave master. And it's very important to get that distinction. This is somebody who met with every US president. Why? Who's Henry Kissinger? Council of Foreign Relations. This is the control mechanism of the slave master is to control the food supply. And they've done this through wars throughout history. They go in, they kill the farmers, they take over the food. You've seen uh, war documentaries where they cut off the food supply and they just wait them out. Right. The food is number one. So they know if you control the stomach, you can control everything else because disease and dis-ease is born out of our very toxic food supply chain. Now, basically two companies, BlackRock and Vanguard, control everything. Yeah. And it's the same people. And of course, we're not allowed to audit them or see who they are. Yeah, of course. And, and we know that Bill Gates has been buying up farmland like crazy, which is... Yeah not to utilize it for our benefit i'm assuming it's just to control it and hold it back in some way or oh, no, modify no. it's for it. the common good he's a good guy it's for the mm. common good he just wants he just <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so you and me both are familiar with many rabbit holes many we have yeah. to come back out of with our tail between our legs sometimes like that went nowhere sorry right. guys right. but um i heard something recently i've actually seen news articles about them you know, in a positive light, being able to put mRNA technology into plants and that people could buy lettuce from the grocery store with mRNA, blah, blah, blah. So, OK, first thought was, well, screw that. I won't be going to grocery stores eventually, hopefully as little as humanly possible. And I'll have my food forest and everything. But then I thought, OK, 
So seed control is there. There's probably going to be some kind of seed war coming or something like that. Should we be grabbing up uh, heirloom seeds as much as possible or something? Yes, to the (laughs) max. The seed diversity has shrunken radically in the last hundred years. Uh, I've heard different stories. Uh, Dr. Vandana Shiva out of India is fantastic. Um, I'm so glad she is being exposed to the world through different people like Russell Brand and everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. This woman knows her stuff and the seed Seed diversity has shrunk by 90%. And seeds literally represent the diversity of life on our planet. And every plant has a niche and a value and all that stuff. So we really need to start saving and start really saving. Everybody should have a little seed bank at their house. I mean, in in the years to come, somebody might have a handful of gold and somebody might have a handful of seeds. The seeds are going to be way more valuable than a handful of gold potentially. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, we have this... Uh, a big faction like buy silver buy gold and i'm thinking yeah but at the end of the day that's also you can't eat that (laughs) you can't put yeah you can't put dollars in your mouth just like you can't put gold in your mouth either you know it's the same damn concept and it's kind of like selling us a better option that's still a bullshit option right i mean don't get information maybe right i would rather have gold and silver than the fiat long term absolutely i I learned gresham's law not too long ago this blew my mind you know so if if i have a hundred dollar bill or a hundred dollars worth of gold and i and i said which one do you want for a certain uh asset or if i'm the if i'm gonna take i'd say which one am i gonna give up right i'm gonna give up the fiat because that's gonna go down in value I'm going to keep the real because that's going to go up. But my best investment right now, I'm putting a lot of my energy and money into it is centropic agroforestry, rows of food, plants. Um, We just planted a hundred different species of um, edibles on on our property. We're building an off-grid community here in Florida. That's amazing. That's awesome. I've heard many people talking about off-grid communities popping up. Even uh, I was talking to Gordon White, who's down in Tasmania. And, you know, with despite all the chaos of Australia, they have a nice little haven going on where there's a lot of permaculture and food forestry going on. So I'm hoping that we can stay out of the rabbit holes and start looking towards the light because I mean, I feel like the revolution's here and we're, it's happening. We're just, we're doing it. We just have to keep spreading the word and, and getting more people involved and seeing the benefits in this and that we're not just talking about negative crap to provoke or, or entertain. And I think that gets lost along the way with some folks, you know? Oh, it sure does. I get probably, 30 different messages a day with new links. A lot of them are doubles up and 10 times of the same one. But the point is, is I don't need to look at any of them anymore because I know there's one problem and it's mind control using fear. And then I know, okay, if that's the problem, what's the solution? Free my mind and focus on the systems, the industry and the structure, the foundation of freedom. And where does that start? It starts with my mind and it starts with food. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it expands. So here's what's happening now that we're growing so fast. We just attracted a new COO. Our COO happened to run the largest commercial product in the history of the world. And that was Windows for my least favorite guy in the world. He has now switched to run 
the, the freedom fund and everything we're doing here. So it's just, he, he, he had 130 billion under his management and now he's working uh, to help enlighten the world and help bring food for us everywhere. So that's the kind of thing that's going on here. There's different, there's like three different um, TV shows that are also reaching out that want to do documentaries and so on. So I really have amazing hope that this is just the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. and it is going to, it's going to change the world in the very near future. Yeah. So do you get any pushback at all? Cause it kind of seems like this is a foolproof way to show the system that it's full of shit. I mean, how do you argue with permaculture and, and food forestry? Do, do you get any pushback from like any angle at all? Um, so I love it when I do. And I, 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 imagine. I, I come on, baby, bring it, baby. I love to get the pushback. Once mm -hmm. in a while, I'll see on a post, somebody will say something. It's just so silly that there's no point in responding. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of people say, Jim, aren't you concerned? Because what I'm expressing is the number one military strategy to win the war without firing a, a shot. Now, I know that there are already people firing shots all over the world right now. And mm -hmm. I know that people are dying. I also know that we're spirit. And I know that there's no really death. I know Jim Gale is going to go bye-bye, but in the spirit behind it isn't. So I have, I center myself in that. When I see the destruction and the chaos and the suffering around the world, I have gotten sad about it. And day by day, I might go into that sadness for a short amount of time. And then I went, wait a minute, there's no amount of sadness that I can experience that's going to help anybody be inspired. And that's what I need to stay with. I need to stay in this centered, conscious world of, Let's inspire people. Let's help them raise their vibrations. Hell yeah, man. So did you kind of do a path of conspir conspiracy to spirituality, to spirituality, or did you always have um, kind of some spiritual roots? Well, spiritual, definitely. I uh, remember being in church when I was like eight or nine years old. And I remember hearing that um, a baby born and specifically they said a baby born in China that was not exposed to uh, Jesus is going to live in purgatory. And I went, mm. <laughs> I'm done. I'm like, I'm out, <laughs> fucking gone. Like, that's just insane to even think that, right? And right. I'm like, if that's the God that's running the shit, I'm done with that whole thing, right? So right, I right. actually, yeah, but I did spend a lot of time then. Um, I remember one time my buddy brought over some mushrooms. We were like 16 years old and I had the mushrooms. And I'm like, and I started talking about all this philosophical stuff. And, and everybody, my buddy Mike's like, oh, Jim, quit talking about that. So I just went deep inside and I just started imagining and feeling the connection that we all have to source that we've forgotten about. Mm -hmm. right? And that's why these things are illegal. Ayahuasca and mushrooms and cannabis. That's because they actually help us. And there's a transference of knowledge when we come out of those experiences, those hallucinations. Mm -hmm. There's something stays with us that's absolutely profound and beautiful. Yeah, innate, unspeakable, unnameable, but it's just there always. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. So plant medicines in that category, man. How do we do? You, can you incorporate cannabis in a food forest? Is it beneficial? Oh, yeah, yeah, mushroom. Well, it's us, of course. But like, so yeah, I was curious. Like, Sofaria cubensis, like oh. the psychedelic mushrooms. Do they have uh, added benefits for? Uh, other food plants that you could throw in like do they help the ecosystem just like any other plant would dude 
This is where it's going to get really fun. So first we got to kind of really help this shift happen. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, we are in the apocalypse, the great reveal right now. We're in the midst of the great reveal. And what we are going to learn over time, I think is that the limits to humanity, there's no limits. I believe that we are going to, with the help of understanding the plants and the communication that happens, the mycelial network, plants communicate. They'll talk for hundreds of miles. They'll communicate. A plant over here will be getting eaten by a certain animal or bug. And these plants then say, okay, we got to put more tannins into our system. We got to put poisons into our system. So by the animal get, time the animal gets over here, they're like, oh, that tastes horrible. What just happened, right? Mm. They got these different lettuces and different um plants that they'll, when a worm's eating them, they'll release a pheromone. The wasp is flying over and the wasp sees the, the different color, flies down and the wasp and the spider and the snake, these are all your garden protectors. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, This is awesome, man. It's nuts, right? I mean, these are your protectors and yet we're taught to fear this. Okay, the, so the snake and the spider together kill 11 people per year out of 330 million. Mm -hmm. The poisons that are used to kill snakes and spiders kill infinitely more than that. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So what's, what's your um, diet? Like, do you, are you plant-based or do you eat meat as well? I eat everything as long as it's not growing with poisons. Uh, Jane Goodall said, we are going to look back on this dark era of agriculture and shake our heads. How could we have ever thought it was a good idea to grow our food with poisons? And she's a smart lady. Um, This is the, the, another one of the the foundations of our enslavement is the poisons. And of course the poison producers are the same people, but we Mm -hmm. get the poisons are coming at us from every direction, fluoride in the water, glyphosate, the pharmaceuticals, all this shit has to go in place of natural. Yeah, I've never understood how they can put like danger warnings and like horribly toxic if swallowed on fluoride everywhere except for when you're using it in your mouth on purpose. So, well, it's just a little bit, so it's okay. It's a little bit of poison. Crazy. (laughs) It's just a little bit of cyanide. It's not enough to actually make you kill yourself on accident. It's okay. But have it three times a day. (laughs) Yes. It's, and you wonder why we're so sick, right? It's, it's, it's so, it's just part of the same lie throughout history. And now looking back on what history is and, and looking at why they're saying anything. Like the other day I'm watching TV with my little two-year-old and, I, and it's a Disney show. And I know Disney's part of this scam. So first thing I ask myself is, okay, what in here is programming? And as soon as I thought the question it was right in front of me. They're celebrating a birthday with cake and hot dogs. <laughs> there you go. My two-year-old wants cake and hot dogs now, which are the way they're celebrated. It's poisonous shit. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. also that's how deep it goes. Yeah. You don't have to look for like secret symbols or anything. It's yeah. so on the surface of everything because it's just normal life. The programming is the normal life now. Yeah, it it's really unfortunate. Yeah. So here's another misconception that I kind of had for a while. And I wonder if other people do too. Um, The misconception that plant medicines are like, okay, I have a headache. Now I'll go get my jar of this and eat some of it. Like I would a pill. 
Like, okay, I'll go get the Tylenol. It's not really like that, is it? It's like, no, no, no. You're just consuming all these medicinal plants as part of your diet throughout your life. So you're less prone to things, less... Is that kind of how it goes? It's a hundred percent. Like Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine. Let thy medicine mm. be thy food. When you eat this type of way, you don't, there's no medicines anymore. You literally, mm. there's no, the word no medicine, need. Okay. It'll be in a hundred years. People will be like, yeah, I heard about that. What is that all about? Like people just be healthy as the general rule. Always. There won't be insurance policies. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? We heard yeah. your food was poison and, and you had this thing called medicine. That was also po- like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, yeah. this, is, this is nuts. I mean, cannabis, how many people a year does that kill? Zero. How many Always. people does the fake shit kill? Millions. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, now there's no liability towards these people in most cases. It's, it's crazy. I mean, we, do you think we're getting really close to the point where even the most asleep individuals are going to go, Hey, wait a second, what's happening here? Or do you think they're going to have to see it all collapse for them to wake up? Um, I think that a significant percentage of the global population is not going to be alive in five to 10 years. Uh, I'm certain of it. I, can't imagine any other way unless they wake up, unless they stop listening to the poison pushers. I mean, they're, they're putting poisons in their body every day, saying and even arguing and even willing to force us to do the same thing simply because of their fear. And that's mm-hmm. the, like I said, that's the if somebody is willing to advocate for force and violence, then if, if you're one of those people, then my friend, wake up. I'm not willing to do that back to you. And, right. and yet look back at history. Wait, who's the bad guy? I'm not telling you what you have to do. You're telling me what I have to do. You're right. the, you're the bad guy. Always the aggressor. Yeah. yeah. So this has been really informative, man. You've really helped me understand some of these things a lot better. Um, also, I'd love to get your recommendations on some books. If you have any, some authors yeah. that you, that you would, you're familiar with in these arenas. Cause my wife is completely head you know she's going head first into this thing where she wants to learn as much as she can and she retains things like way better than i do so she'll be the reader on this one you know but um but what i wanted to to give people was you know some hope for those that are still stuck in the rabbit holes and i am too half the time i'm still going down them and i'm still posting some stuff that's like controversial and edgy and look at this. And I'm wondering afterwards, like, ah, you know, I probably just didn't even need to really share that, you know? So for, for those of us who are kind of still stuck in the hamster wheel, uh, how do we get to focus on these solutions when a lot of us are kind of feeling like the wolf is literally right at the door right now? The you know, you, at the door. If there's so many ideas of like in spirituality too, where the idea is to let life happen and go with the flow and yeah. ah, breathe and relax and all this. And I wonder what your take, because I know you're a very spiritual person, but you're also very, very strongly opinionated when it comes to sovereignty and freedom. Yeah. Where do those two come together for you? Oh, there is such a beautiful question. Um, when I allowed my mind intentionally, strategically, allow my mind to relax. And I said, you know what, I'm going to just trust because I've tried it the other way and it didn't work after 10 years of striving and effing and 12 years, it didn't work. So I said, okay, I'm gonna let that all go. 
and I'm just going to trust what comes next. And so let's say this is a thought and this is a thought in your mind. If the thoughts are like this, you can't have any creative solutions to anything. And that's why they need to keep us confused and fearful because those two things are a contraction of the spirit, of the soul, of our energy. They, they are unsustainable. All unsustainable things die, right? So then I, I started relaxing. That started kind of going away and I started going. And then all of a sudden this new idea would come. And boom, I'd, go, I'd follow, there's a, there's a show on Netflix called Messiah. And I watched this show three times and this fella just sits there and all of a sudden something appears to him and he just goes that direction and it always works out. That is freaking real, my friends. It's so fucking real. No more struggling, inspired action. All I'm asking people to do is be joyful and share their joy with others. Beautifully said, man. So really change yourself to change the world. Yeah. It's as simple. It's cheesy as that's become as most of our spiritual sayings have kind of been cheesified over the years. As I like to say, yeah. they're true, man. <laughs> they're so true. They're so true. And as far as books and my teachers, Alan Watts, uh, Terrence McKenna, uh, David Hawkins, power versus force, uh, Abraham uh, Hicks. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, God, there's probably a bunch more, but I've really gotten into kind of following the spiritual path lately and, and just following source, following the guidance, the messages that come to me. And I don't, I did hear a voice one time, which freaked the shit out of me. Uh, and <laughs> no, I, I'm like, mushrooms or no mushrooms. <laughs> no, I'm not I was meditating with this hemi sink. I was at the Monroe Institute. Oh, you were yeah. at the Institute? Oh, Twice. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spook. We got a spook. I know, dude. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah. So, but anyway, it's just a feeling. It's an idea. The idea whose time has come. These ideas just keep coming more and more and more. Today, I met with this doctor, Alex from Russia. Um, met him. I did a speech this weekend at, at a freedom event, and he was sitting in the crowd and he said, I'd like to talk. And he happens to be a doctor of herbology. He's a freedom fighter and has been for a long time. And now he's, we're working together and he's going to be helping us with our herbal um, piece of our puzzle, helping plant because he's, that's his expertise. That's not mine. Right. So Ooh. it's just magic how it's all coming together. Yeah, man. Every, the more we talk, the more conversations that occur, the more we find our own talents and our own yeah. piece to offer in the, in this world. And then this, yeah this new earth, maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, th Jim, thanks so much for coming on. I, I was a little all over the place because I had so many ideas to ask you about, you know, but uh, thank you for being patient with me. And, and uh, yeah, man, tell my audience where they can find your work. Awesome. Okay. So if anybody out there would like to design your yard to have a food forest, um, it's foodforestabundance.com. And then also, if you'd like to be in the business of helping people be prepared and helping people grow food, we've actually got a preparedness expert. So we do a preparedness blueprint and we've got an indoor design blueprint as well. If you want to be somebody that helps install or create these for people, it's the best business in the world that I can imagine right now. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and telling me all about this world that you've been so much an integral part of now. And I appreciate you. And we, we all appreciate you, man. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you, Andy, man. I love your energy. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Oh, I think my wife and I will definitely be reaching out to you. I <laughs> love it. Awesome. All right. Buddy. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifaria. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>